Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to this, the second season of the Red Voices Manchester United podcast. My name is Ewan Lennart and tonight I am delighted as always to be joined by Richard Can. How are you doing buddy? I'm not too bad, how are you? Excellent, excellent. I wager I probably enjoyed a slightly more, uh, in, well, yeah, a better summer for, for the European Championships than you did. There was a European Championships this summer? There was, yeah. I, I must have missed it. Some people seem very angry that it wasn't very good this season, <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. I had an absolutely brilliant time. More fool on them for being surprised. Absolutely. Gosh, I mean, to be fair, quite a lot of stuff has happened since uh, the end of last season. We've appointed a new manager, got rid of our old one as well, and uh, brought some players in. Hurrah. Let's let's look at our new manager, Jose Mourinho, Rich. So, he's, you know, officially taken office now, as uh, his Instagram account pointed out this evening. He's uh, 10 training sessions in with this uh, new bunch of players. Uh, he's had his first press conference. He's brought three players in the door so far. So it's difficult to judge football-wise, but so far, so good, I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, as you say, we haven't played a game of football yet, and maybe will turn out to be absolutely awful, but from from the perspective of the things that, that Mourinho's done since he's come to the club and the things that he said, I don't think he could have done anything better so far. Um, I think I've, I've, I've written a couple of times that that for the first time for at least well, at least three summers we we actually looked like we had a plan um and that that we were implementing it um forcefully rather than rather than timidly as we have in in previous summers and it's it's just so it's it's very refreshing to see a manager actually targeting players to play in the positions that we've all been banging our heads against walls you know over the past couple of years so you know it's so far so good yeah, I mean that, that press conference was uh, had remarkable clarity to it, didn't it? You know, it was very clear and concise for where he wanted to strengthen, what he was looking at doing, and his aims before the transfer window shut, which is amazing. You know, a, a clear transfer strategy. What an amazing feeling after the last three years to actually have a proper idea of what we're going to do with gigantic, stupid amounts of money. I know there's there's been Ed who's been absolutely desperate to spend gazillions of pounds on he's been gasping he has on super mega stars but without actually having the competence to to achieve it and along's come jose who appears to actually have the the ability to to actually get those players and even ed can't seem to screw them up fingers crossed he says he says as we reach the business end of the paul pogba transfer that's very true i mean i've got this image in my head now you've said that of you know just ed desperately pleading with Van Gaal just just give me an unrealistic target or a massive target that I could go for Louis please so I'll go for Ramos if you want but I'm not going to buy Ramos if you don't get him yeah well that's the other thing as well you get the impression this summer that whereas in the past um, we had the in Moises summer we had the Fabregas farce um, and then last summer we had the Ramos um, the Ramos debacle and for the first you're looking for the iteration there weren't you yeah absolutely (laughs) <laughs> tried very hard um, the Ramos uh, Ramos Rotunda yeah I don't think there is don't, don't think there is an no I'm not word. sure there is one there but we'll come back to that you get the impression that for the first time if, certainly if Mourinho is good to his word that he he wants his players in early um, he's always talked about how the how pre-seasons are incredibly important to what he wants to do and you, you do get the impression that if Pogba doesn't come off in the next week or so that he will just say right sod it I've got a plan B and we'll, we'll we'll go for somebody else. Whereas there clearly hasn't been a, a coherent plan B really in the last in the last three summers. And, and to be honest, this it's the first with the Pogba transfer. 
it, it's the first high-profile player that we've gone for, not called Angel Di Maria, that, that it's actually felt like there's a realistic chance we could get. Yeah, I mean, well, well look, this is most of what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks now, isn't it, as United fans? It's, it's formed a big aspect of our daily conversations. So let's look at it. It's really hard because we don't know what what his intentions are. I think being, being realistic, he probably did want to go to Real Madrid. You know, we have we, we have to live in a realistic world where most players do see Real and Barca as the as the pinnacle of world football at the moment. And I don't think it's hard to believe, even even though it came out of Balaguer's mouth, which normally discredits anything. But I, I, I do think that he, that's probably his his first choice. The question is, would he come back to United? as a second choice or as a stepping stone because realistically you know the one thing about the fee is that in in three or four years time if you look at Pogba's career he's going to want to move again and the the logical step would be to Spain and we'd probably get a pretty tidy sum back for him if he's achieved his potential in the in the intervening years I I think it really comes down to Pogba I'm sure Real, Real would love it to happen I think Juve would be absolutely out of their minds to turn down a hundred million pounds for for any player because they're such a they're such a canny club in in the transfer market and for them you know they could bring in three really high class players for for that money and as good as as good as Pogba is I don't think he's absolutely irreplaceable I think the team they could end up with a better team it, it really depends what Pogba wants and and how hard he's willing to to push for it. Sure. I mean, it, I am not convinced that he is desperate to be back to United. I think you're right. I think Real's is his preference. And that's fine. I, I don't take any offence to that whatsoever. What I'm most heartened by more than anything else and what I'm holding on to most is that I've got enough trust in Mourinho and the club at the moment. And this could obviously change as well because we know United are capable of messing anything up. I'm confident that if we don't get Pogba, there is a plan in place that will mean that we'll still get someone at least good to cover a similar position to help strengthen our midfield. That, that well, that's the difference, isn't it? The um, trust, I, Richard. Trust. I do. I, I do trust. I trust Mourinho. I mean, you you were talking about his press conference um, a few minutes ago, and something which which Fergie was always used to do. He never said anything much off the cuff. It was all planned, and everything he said in that press conference was planned. He he made a particular effort to distinguish himself from Van Hal. Um, oh, he, there were so many bars, weren't there? There were. I mean, he painted himself as the anti-Van Hull, and that's what we wanted to hear. And I appreciate that 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 may have been calculated, but you just got an impression from from the way he spoke, from the things he said, and from the fact that he'd already managed to bring in three players before he opened his mouth, that he is going to be far more competent than our last two managers have been at attracting players to the club and actually getting the deals done we know we've got the money it's just just a case of somebody booting Woodward up the arse until until he gets these things done and I think I think he's absolutely desperate to impress Mourinho obviously from a professional perspective he will really be judged now on 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 this managerial choice because you know essentially I don't think Moyes was particularly his fault but he screwed up with Van Gaal so you, you know there's a matter of professional pride as well so I think you've just got a situation where there's there's a manager who is coming off the back of his worst ever season as a manager and has a huge amount to prove. And a club which has made a lot of mistakes in recent years and has a huge amount to prove as well. And the two of them are coming together and I think it's an incredible force of will to get stuff done this summer. Yeah, which is, is it's nice feeling, isn't it? It's comforting, you know. It's not something that we've had for a long, long time. So 
Yeah, I, I can certainly see a, a scenario of which uh, United push through another big deal here potentially. I mean, the numbers. I know that the 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 prices banded about for Pogba have been bothering a lot of people, and people saying he's not worth it because of his euros and anything like that, or or anything on those lines. It just that dialogue just doesn't interest me at all. Number one, United have got the money. Everyone knows we've got the money, so let's spend it. Because to be fair, if we've made it, who knows where that money can end up otherwise. That could just go straight into the Glazers' pockets if we don't do anything with it. It's not just going to sit around gathering dust. So, let's use it. Secondly, I don't. Juventus do not want to sell Pogba. So, of course, the price is going to be high. They rate him very highly. He's been a massive part of their team for the last four years. So, of course, they don't want to get rid of him. It's no surprise that they've stuck a price tag on him that is prohibitively high to marvellously pretty much anyone apart from us which is great I mean the idea of Manchester United pricing Real Madrid out of a move even if it doesn't happen just the fact that we price Real out of a move is just amazing but that, that, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous that's United behaving as United should isn't it really we are well it, it's predicted the next financial year we will, we will be the in inverted commas richest club in the world in terms of turnover and funds generated and it's it's about time we bloody well started acting like it really isn't it yeah yeah I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely fine with United's flash of the cash because if we're going to talk about value in the transfer market what was it 35 million pounds Watford turned down for Troy Deeney this summer I mean the, the numbers being banded about in the Premier League are absolutely ridiculous and the price is going to get inflated with a club of our stature and our resources comes in because everyone knows we've got the money it always happens and the conversation around the actual price then isn't interesting i'm just far more interested to see if it actually happens and if it doesn't happen who gives it in his place anyway moving on from uh pogba because you know it was good to get that out of the way because we know we need to talk about that let's talk about the players that uh, Mourinho has bought in so far so i mean we don't know much about uh, eric b i believe i've said that correctly uh but yeah i mean how do you look at his uh, his integration to the side now because on the face of it with Smalling having struggled throughout bits and bobs like last season you can definitely see a way that if he adjusts and acclimatises to the Premier League quickly and England quickly there's, there's kind of a way into that starting lineup quite quickly for Bailey really isn't there Rich? There is I mean it's, it's interesting what um, Mourinho said about him in the, in the interview the first interview he spoke about him and he basically yeah, it was, wasn't it? he was basically saying I, I'm not sure about him yet which is a little bit Disconcerting to some extent. I, I, isn't I don't it? think. I think. I think he's obviously seen a lot of potential in him, um, and he's got. He's clearly very quick. He's got good physical attributes. Um, he's clearly seen a lot more to his game than that. But he's he's very at the very embryonic stages of his career. He's only played fifty career games, and I think um, it was really a case of we've seen we've seen a lot of potential in him, but we don't actually know how you know where he is in that arc of development until we actually get get hold of him and he plays for me I think the question for Mourinho is 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 this guy ready to to start as a first team centre back or do I need to get another one or or prioritise another player so I mean it's quite handy in a way because obviously quite a few of the players are away after the Euros and so Bailey will will play a centre back in the in, in the first few friendly games by, by default really I don't think Mourinho will see will see Blint as a centre back and as we as we know that Duncan Castles is is like Mourinho's hand puppet, um, he's he's repeatedly said in his pieces that 
Mourinho sees Blind as, as too physically slight and, and and not strong enough. Well, aren't you getting on better with Big Dunk these days? I don't, I don't get any better with him at all. I think it's absolutely hilarious that he's he's suddenly <laughs> he's suddenly come, come to the good side of the force after oh, after yeah, so a, long. It's a wonderful, wonderful face turn, isn't it? It's like he, he's converted overnight. It's it's like yeah. he had a had a, had had a. He, he, God spoke to him and told him to stop being such a bitter idiot. Come and join <laughs> the good side of the force. Either that, or his only source and his lifeblood, the lifeblood of his career, moved to the United, and he had to he had to go and, and grovel and pray at the altar of Ed Woodward instead. There was a perspective shift over the summer with uh, with old Dunk for sure. But yeah, I mean, with Bailey, I mean, the only thing that worried me about that particular signing was that we're signing another young centre-back with potential. And having seen how things went last season, once Blind and Smalling stopped having uh, Schweinsteiger or Schneiderlin or Carrick or two of those three in front of them, how much they struggled at times in key games. So I was expecting, prior to that signing, at least someone a bit more solid. So you know, using this as an example, someone like Sergio Ramos, you know, been there, done that, top quality elite centre-back. Obviously, there's not a hell of a lot of them around, but at least someone a bit more commanding who has got more experience. I wouldn't say the whole signing fills me with confidence, but I'm willing to give Mourinho the benefit of the doubt and his scouts the benefit of the doubt that they know enough about this guy to bring him in. And even if he don't, doesn't necessarily become a, a starring, you know, centre-back overnight, that he's one for, you know, development this future and then maybe getting into the first team over the next 18 months two seasons I guess we'll see yeah I think you're right but again if we if we go back to the scripture of castles he <laughs> he, he he again has written several times that the Mourinho is still looking for another centre-back oh I see oh okay and if you if you work on the basis that that Marcus Rocco is almost certainly going or if, if we can find someone stupid enough to buy him and and Blint won't be playing at centre-back then that essentially leaves you with with Smalling Jones if we can even count Jones, I have no idea what Jones is, what a Jones you know is, what? or what it does. But we have one. There were pictures from training today. I have thought about Phil Jones so little over the last few months. I forgot he dyed his hair blonde. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a magnificent sight. I mean, that's one word for it. It is. But again, so there's the thing that's called Jones, Smalling, and and Bailey, and then basically Paddy McNair, which I, I'm fairly confident that. That Mourinho can see through the cult of McNair fairly quickly. <laughs> so, what the Euros weren't enough. Absolutely. So, did he play at number ten at four game for Northern Ireland? He, at some he certainly stage? played as midfielder. Yeah. Wow. So I, I think that after he signed a midfielder and got a few players out the door, I think that almost certainly will be trying to sign a, a more experienced centre back. Whoever that who that is, God knows. Wouldn't even these days with. With with Boris Johnson being made foreign foreign secretary, it wouldn't surprise me if John Terry turned up old. Oh please no! I don't. Nothing nothing would surprise me anymore. Has he he's signed a new deal, isn't he? Now is he eventually staying after all that fuss? Well, fingers crossed. Yes. Oh, um, good. At least he stays away from us. That'd be nice. But hey, yes. speaking of Chelsea rumours, Fabregas is uh, is <laughs> is on uh, the mirror's lips at the minute. Yeah. Gosh, that'd be an interesting one. That would be a terrible idea. It would not be the best idea. I'm not necessarily sure he's a huge upgrade on what we've got now, really, is he? Well, no, I mean, what what would be the point of signing a guy who's nearly 30 and, you know, is coming off the back of quite a poor season? I just I don't see the, the value for money or playing ability there at all. So, and I don't think... I, I've got a terrible, terrible suspicion that, that Mourinho is going to start the season with Rooney at number 10. 
as well. Uh, we we will come on to uh, Captain Leader Legend Wayne Rooney at some stage later on. I mean, don't don't forget we're contractually obliged as well. We mentioned Wayne Rooney to start off with Captain Leader Legend, so. Just be aware of that for future, please, Rich. I, I I think if something if something did good did come of the of England's tournament, it was that it clearly dispelled the notion in Mourinho's mind that Wayne Rooney could possibly play as a centre midfielder. Um, oh gosh, that that got slapped straight down as soon as it came up. I don't see Rooney as a midfielder, considering that Rooney a couple of months previously said that's where I see myself playing. Now, admittedly, that might have come in the context of Van Gaal, you know, shaping up to move him into that role. And that made sense at the time because Rudy clearly just didn't have the legs or you know, the touch to be able to play striker anymore, or at least further up the field. Now Mourinho's cut that avenue off, and based on his performances at the Euros, which for the most part weren't bad, but good lord, how wretched was Rudy against Iceland? Just a side note, Rich, give, give me a give give me a metaphor for how bad Rudy was against Iceland. I I don't, I don't even think a metaphor exists. To explain how bad Rooney was against Iceland, I mean, there's a, there's quite a good um, montage of his of his contribution flying around on YouTube somewhere, and it's just a series of of him miscontrolling the ball ten yards in front of him. Um, if someone said that to me and then said it to Benny Hill, music, that'd be great. Uh, exactly, yeah. You know, Mourinho was absolutely cutting about it, wasn't he? You know, the the line that if you gave me that much space and played me there, I could. <laughs> I could knock the same passes about. I mean, that was amazing. He's not afraid to piss his captain off, is he? Because I, I can imagine Rooney wasn't too wasn't too enamoured to hear that. But yeah, I mean, going back to the original point, if if there's one one thing from a United perspective, good to have come from the Euros, because there isn't anything else. But it, it's that Mourinho doesn't see Rooney as a, mid, a central midfielder, and, and I think there are several hundred million United fans around the world who are breathing a huge sigh of relief. Yes, I mean, it's good for the likes of uh, Schneiderlin and uh, Herrera, both of who I think are safer, some of them being sold. Certainly, but Schneiderlin's only been there for a year and still hasn't really been able to show what he can do. Not that I think he forms uh, a huge part of Mourinho's plans in the upcoming months, but there's an option for him, and I think there's an option for Herrera as well. I think both of them have got abilities and the capability to actually you know, make a mark on the Mourinho side. So that means that there's one less place we're really to be shoe- shoehorned into so that's great moving on to uh, the second signing of the summer Zlatan Ibrahimovic oof yes oof indeed <laughs> now you know, it was it was, it was was great fun to see it actually happen put it that way but you know there's the aspect of thinking that he's still two or three weeks away from joining up with the side and also the, the, the full spectre of him and the whole realisation that he's going to be in the Premier League at 34-35 trying to cope with the intensity and the physicality of it having just come off a very successful season in France in uh, Ligue 1 and the whole realisation that he's coming into this at this uh, this very late stage of his career hit home but again it, it's very similar to the Eric Bailey deal for me Rich it, it feels a bit like I feel positive about it because it's clear that Mourinho has got immense faith in both Rashford and Martial to help out with that position. I mean, certainly more Rashford than Martial because, you know, obviously Martial's got a bit more you know, previous in playing better out on the left as opposed to through the middle. But regardless, it, it, it's definitely a very clear show of faith for Rashford. And, you know, considering that people, plenty of people have been using the whole youth thing as a stick to beat Mourinho with over the last sort of five or six months, ever since the possibility of him taking over United, that is at least good to see. Well, it's a logical thing to do, isn't it? What would be the point if you if you have faith in Rashford to, you know, to emerge as a as a United first team centre forward in the long term? What, what would be the point in buying a 
an expensive twenty-something striker, you, you're you're essentially saying to Rashford, you're going to be second choice for the immediate future. So it makes complete sense to have brought in Ibrahimovic to, particularly as we're going to be in the Europa League next year and we're going to have a huge number of games to play. It just allows us to develop um, Rashford whilst having another alternative who will score a few goals in place as well. I I know you you said that you know League One is a is a nothing league and it's not of a similar standard to the top two or three leagues in Europe, but you don't score fifty goals in any decent European league by accident, um, and whilst I'm not well naive, you might not well I, I might not obviously but whilst I'm not naive enough to believe that he's as good as he once was I still think that there's enough there of him as a player to if, if he's got the right players around him to to stick 20 goals in the back of that next season which given that our, our top scorer had how many goals did Martial score last season maybe 15 Ooh, 17 18 17 18 I mean given that you know our top scorer didn't even get to 20 goals in all competitions is pretty Ooh, no. wretched so you know, if you've got if you've brought in another player who can get you twenty goals in a season, that makes a lot of difference to a campaign. So again, as we, as we'll I'll go on to with Mkhitaryan as well when we talk about him, all of our transfer deals so far this summer have made sense. They've made complete sense. Yeah, I mean Mkhitaryan again, we're looking at uh, creativity from midfield. I mean, specifically, he plays on the right, doesn't he normally? Yeah, I mean, one of our biggest problems for the last three years has obviously been that one of many, but. A particularly big one has been that right hand side, and we've we, we've tried Matter repeatedly. Who, you know, everyone loves Juan Matter. He's a lovely guy, hugs. Um, he's a lovely technical footballer, but he he's no winger, and he losing that that pace on the right hand side has has handicapped us so badly over the last three years. And even when we played Lingard there, you know, Lingard is a he works hard. He's, I'd say, a decent, a decent Premier League player, maybe even a good Premier League player, but he's not got a combination of pace and um, exceptional ability, and I think that's something that that Mkhitaryan does have. And if he if he plays to the sort of standards he played it last year in the Bundesliga, I think it will really give another dimension to United's play. And particularly if you've got someone like Ibrahimovic playing in the middle, who might not be as mobile as he once was. We're looking at having pace on both sides, pace and effective, effective pace on both sides of him, and you know that's what we need to get the best out of him as a signing for for a year or two years, however long he's with us. Particularly if we're going to be playing our um, captain leader legend behind him. Everyone that has spoken about it who knows anything about the Bundesliga, because I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't know enough about Dortmund or watch enough German football to be able to tell you that I know much about Mkhitaryan. I mean, I do know how to say his name in uh, both Armenian and English now, actually, thanks to thanks to the United Twitter account. So that's good. Everyone that has been talking about him, who knows anything about him, has been lauding the deal, saying it's a very, very good price. He's an excellent player. And we've got him at the great stage of his career. And I'm, I'm looking at his statistics, he's come off the back of a very, very good season in Germany. I know Tuchel didn't want him to leave, which is always a good sign, you know, in terms of creativity, particularly from the right, because we spent so much of last season watching Jesse have some wonderful individual moments, but the general consensus was that he just isn't up to United quality. I'm very interested to see what Mkhitaryan can do on a regular basis. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say the only note of caution, apart from apart from the the terrible spectre of Shinji Kagawa, who's haunting the back of my mind. Oh yes, because I Poor because Shinji. the level of disappointment that I felt after after United signing a player that I lusted after for at least twelve months, and then him turn out to be quite ineffective was 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 a particularly terrible blow to take. Um, <laughs> but is also that we've signed two players in in Mkhitaryan and Zlatan who played last year in very high-functioning teams. So they had a lot of exceptionally good teammates around them. Their their numbers were no doubt boosted by the quality that, that they had around them. Now, which isn't to say that United haven't got a lot of quality, but I would say without much hesitation that PSG and Dortmund were far better teams than United were last year. And also we're obviously rebuilding. It's a new unit and I don't expect... I don't expect the team to, to start functioning immediately at the, start of the, at the start of the season with so many new pieces and, and new ideas. So I wouldn't expect either of them to sort of match the numbers, the sort of numbers they racked up last year. But with the alternative on the right has been Matter or, or Lingard, and uh, the alternative up front has been really been Wayne Rooney for Ibrahimovic. So I definitely think that they're two signings which move our quality forward. Which, which really is what we need to do. You know, Fergie was used to, used to say that when I look, when he looked at a player, he he said, "Is that player better than the player who's already in that position?" And obviously, the two, certainly the two attacking players we we've signed, they are definitely better than we've had in those positions for the last couple of years. So I don't think they're signings that can go terribly wrong. He says famous last words. <laughs> Well, don't forget, I've got a very, very good memory for use information, so if it does all burp in your face, I will probably make you aware of it. Fair play. It's one actually thing to remember about Mkhitaryan. I remember reading a blog post by uh, one of the bloggers for Dortmund who mentioned that his confidence can sometimes be an issue. So, depending on how quickly he uh, he gets adjusted to England in the Premier League and you know how much trust Mourinho puts in him and how well that dynamic works... That will be an interesting thing to keep an eye on, just how well he is able to transfer his form from Germany over to the Premier League. It's, it's interesting, actually. Today, um, there was a quote from, from, from Thomas Tuchel. He, he basically said that I'm not too... Essentially said, I'm not too fussed about Hummels and Gundogan going. It's it's Mkhitaryan that I'm really going to miss. Which um, and, and you talked about his confidence, and it was really... He had two years under Klopp where he was fairly inconsistent. And then it was really in Tuchel's season that he really kicked on. And so it, it could be a key thing as to whether Mourinho can instill the same level of confidence in him that, that Tuchel could. But he obviously feels like he's lost a, a, an absolutely key player. And it's, you know, it's quite high praise to say that I don't I don't miss Gundogan and, and Hummels as much as I'm going to miss Mkhitaryan. So, you know, fingers fingers crossed that, that we get the player that we think we are. Right. So that covers players in now. There's not really a hell of a lot to say about potential players out so far, really, is there? I mean, Castles and the Mirror seem to be very uh, clear that uh, the likes of Blind and Schweinsteiger and Mata and uh, Rojo are all uh, going to be the first lineup of casualties. I mean, on a personal note, it was very nice to see Juan looking so happy for those pictures in training today. Yep, if Juan is smiling, then then the world is smiling too. We smile with him. We do smile with Juan. Yeah, I mean, not to get too deeply into it because we've got other stuff to talk about this evening, but give me a list of about four to five people who you think are almost definitely on their way out this summer. God, I could do more than that, I think. Um, <laughs> no, I, no. I, I'd start with definitely Rocco. 
we, I think we've got we, we, we've got three three right backs. We really, we, I think he's going to shed a right back. I guess that would probably be Varela. Um, Fellaini's got a year left on his deal, and I'd be absolutely astonished if we gave him a new contract. So logic says he must be going. It, it's a big question about what he's going to do with Yanazai. We've got Yanazai and Pereira, but we've also got Marshall, Pay, Lingard. So you know there are too many. There are too many sort of wide attacking players unless he thinks he's going to play perhaps play Yanazai as an alternative to Rooney at number 10 which then leaves Mata Mata is likely to leave um, I think there'll be a lot of sort of um, fringe players leaving Blackett will surely go wouldn't surprise me to see McNair go Schweinsteiger is one I think he would sell Schweinsteiger if we could get someone to take him but his wages are so huge that unless he agrees to to fly off to China with Anna Ivanovic then um, I, I can't see how we're going to get him out of the door. Just got married today. You they have. Beast. Plus, they have. He's wonderful. What a wonderful sight it was. She's very tall, isn't she? Very or, tall. Or he's very short, one or the other. Um, Bit of both. Yeah, so I, I think I think it's all theory, isn't it? Because the, the, the matter is you've got to get somebody to, to actually buy them and take their wages off us, which isn't never as easy as it as it is on football manager. Um so we ha- we do have too many players, including the free- you know we've probably got thirty, thirty thirty two players, um, in 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 around the first team squad, and Mourinho's said that he essentially only wants twenty five or twenty six. So, you know, logically takes that five or six is going to go certainly. Fellaini, oh, I don't feel like there's been enough chat about him going yet so far this summer. I feel like that's gone exceptionally quiet, like one that we all assumed. Also, another player who styled their hair blonde. What on earth is this plague? Ramsey, Jones, and Fellaini. It's getting a bit strange. I think it's time for. I, I've always wondered. The, the one, the one question I've always wondered about Fellaini is: surely his hair makes him less aerodynamic, and thus even slower than he actually is. Do you think? I wouldn't like to comment on what makes for in the S aerodynamic. It's like, it's like a parachute, isn't it? It's like a. If, you, if if the wind's up and he's he's running into it, it must hold him back a bit. Anyway, <laughs> but yes, the blonde hair, the 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 stupid non aerodynamic haircut, the the elbows, the abysmal showing at the Euros, and the fact is, uh, contracts up in twelve months are are persuading me, regardless of newspaper chatter, that he's going to go, and I don't want to hear any different. No, that'd be nice. There has been a slight suggestion that United's sort of sluggishness in actually being able to get deals done and trying to, you know, prod people out the door is rearing its head a little bit. And I can see that to a certain extent. I think partially because we've got so many players now who have just come back you know, with, the, with the pre-season training having just started up in the last week or so. I guess the chats about who's staying and who's going have only just started happening so perhaps that's why we haven't really seen anyone out the door just yet so it will be interesting to see who the axe particularly falls on apparently because i do think that there's a lot of fat that can be trimmed from this current squad by the time we get around to that community shield game with uh, leicester in particular because Bruno is very insistent he didn't necessarily want for any late business to be on united's radar for this transfer window so you would assume that we'd really want to be up and running and sorted out with our squad by the early stages of August, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think there has been a conscious effort to get players in before we get players out. You know, he wants the squad that he wants, the squad that he wants, and then he will start to start to trim players after that. The problem we have, which is is something we've we've had had in recent years as well, is that we've 
got an awful lot of damaged goods. So we have players who, for whatever reason, have not played a lot of football or have been particularly bad, and they're on quite high wages. And that makes it difficult because they're not going to be targeted by the sorts of clubs who who could match those wages. So we had the issue with Percy and with Nanny where we had to flog them on the on the extreme cheap just just to find somebody who would pay their pay pay their wages to them. Um and you know we've got we've got similar problems with some of the some of the players who want to get rid of this summer. So it's always I don't know why I don't know why it just shows you I think how how poorly we've bought in recent years because you don't get clubs you don't get the Rail and the Barca and the Bayern um level sides that have all of this chaff that they need to get rid of every summer. You know, if, if, if Rail sell a player, they tend to sell someone in, insanely good for about fifty million quid, um, so, and buy you know and buy another player for sixty or seventy. Whereas we're desperately trying to chuck off our castoffs and our knackered old you know bangers for two pound fifty and a packet of fags. And it's and I think again we'll have the same we'll have the same problem. And I can see a few players having to go out on loan as well. As well this year. Well, but... I mean, the four of the players that you know, actually five. So let's look at Fellaini, uh, Mata, Blind, Schweinsteiger, and Rojo. These five signings. One of them was Moyes. Sorry, two of them were Moyes, and three of them are Van Hal. So before you've even started thinking about the likes of Phil Jones and Valencia, who were signed by Ferguson. So Mourinho has got to get through the the chaff for the last two managers before he even starts thinking about trying to improve on the couple of substandard players that Ferguson left when he you know, retired. One of the things with the people people used to say about Van Gaal was that at least he'd cleared out the Deadwood and Verticom's Deadwood. Where and I think if he you just at, made his own. I know exactly. I think if you look at the squad now, we've got as much crap in it as we had when he got hold of it in the first place. So you know, I don't. I don't think we're any further forward than we were. But I do. I do have trust in Mourinho to arrest that um, almost like the illness of of buying and buying overrated players and giving them huge wages and then not being able to get rid of them for much. I, I think his his transfer policy clearly seems to be more centred and more. And I think that the level of player he's going to sign will will be better. And I don't think there will be as much as much waste in the lot in the medium term at least to have to, to have to get rid of. But at the moment, he's faced with a huge chunk of the wage bill being taken up by players that I'm sure he has absolutely no seems to long term want or need for at all. Now I will direct you towards my favourite transfer rumour of the summer so far, which is a uh, courtesy oh. of a uh, football mercado, which uh, say that <laughs> Paris Saint Germain have offered <laughs> 32 million euros for Antonio Valencia. I did see that. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That is absolutely bloody tremendous. That just seems like it's at the other echelon of absolutely incomprehensibly wonderfully fantastic and daft. It, it's it's really a testament to the to the bright spark who made that up. I mean, I, I want it to be true so much just because it would make life happier. It's I don't, it does it doesn't beat the old the old Stephen Taylor to Barcelona rumor, which <laughs> and which was the other one? It was I think it was it Stephen Fletcher to Real Madrid or something when he was at Hibs. That was particularly cool as well. Yeah, well, apparently I saw one today for Nathaniel Klein uh, going over to Barcelona to uh, cover Danny Alves. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Klein's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but if there's ever an instance of a, a move to a, a gigantic club coming too soon, it's that one. I t- actually, I'll tell you the best one ever. This, I'm going back, going back to Duncan Castles again. I read this on the back of the uh, on the back of the Sunday Times. So back page of the Sunday Times, Castles announced that um, 
Liverpool were selling Danny Lager and wanted to place him with Alan Tate of Swansea City. Oh, right. Oh, I see the thing. No, I don't see the thinking there. No. But, yes, no. I think that was probably my favourite. But, anyway, I digress. Carry on. OK, Rich, we'll leave it there for the evening. Thank you very much for your company this evening. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We will hopefully be back again before the season kicks off over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully with uh, plenty more to talk about and a couple more transfers. Rich, one last question before we go. Do you think we will see Pogba at United before the end of the month? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with yes. Okay, good. Guys, again, thank you very much for listening and good night. Good night.